We are beginning the new Perek, the sixth Perek of Nidorim, uh, and we are at the top of Memtes Amud Aleph. So the uh, primary principle that uh, is being reflected in the uh, beginning of this Perek is the notion that when terminology is used in a Neder, the uh, important, the critical aspect is knowing the usage of that term vis-à-vis the, loca- the location, locale, and the time period in which it is found, because it's different places and different times, words could mean different things. But what is critical is specifically in the place and time that it's being used, that is what is being bound by the nether. And that's the, uh, the, the focus. So a person who uses the expression that I'm making a nether, that I'm not allowed to partake in something that is known as mevushal. Mevushal means cooked. However, the Tana is very specific. He says, Mutter betzli. First of all, roasted you will be allowed to eat. Because the Tana, in the place where this Tana lived, there was a distinction between roasted and cooked. Cooked is specifically in boiled in water, whereas roasted, which is by fire, does not fall under the vernacular when they use the word mevushal, they don't include it. So therefore you do not, you are not precluded from eating roasted, number one. And shaluk also is not included. Now, this is a little complicated because shaluk in other places in shas means stewed, which means it's cooked multiple times. That's what it would mean. It should fall under the category of mevushal. However, the Ran says that the Tana of our Mishnah, when he refers to shaluk, it means partially cooked. I mean, it's not been fully cooked. Mevushal has to be fully cooked. So therefore, fully cooked excludes Tzli because it's fire, and it excludes Shaluk because it's not fully cooked. Yeah. Amar, second rule. Konem tavshil she'eni to'em. I will not even taste anything that falls out of the category of a tavshil. So we're going to see tavshil and mevushal, even though they share a similar shorish, are, mean two different things. What is excluded by the word tavshil. So when it says tavshil literally means like a stew. It is something that is cooked that is somewhat liquidy. Why does that make a difference? And what I was going to say is that when you use the word tavshil, it is specifically those items that are eaten in conjunction with bread. You dip bread into them. Something that is completely dry, a solid that is completely dry, that they don't eat with bread would not fall under the category of a tavshil, right? That would not fall under the category of tavshil. However, however, tavshil is, uh, is broader than mevushal because tavshil will include roasted and partially cooked. The Yerushalmi, the Ran brings down Yerushalmi, says this idea that it has to be eaten with bread, that it's a tavshil, also applies to mevushal, the first category. So the mevushal basically only, we said it excludes roasted and partially cooked, but it also has to be able to be eaten with bread, whereas tavshil includes roasted 
and uh, partially cooked, but also it has to be able to be something that is eaten with bread. Right? So the, the eating with bread concept, according to Shalom, applies to the first ruling as well. Now let's read it inside. So let's see it again. So again, so, anything that is processed in a pot, that is cooked in a pot, right, is, if it's liquidy, it is excluded. I mean, it's, it's, it's included in the nether and you're bound by it. But it's something without gravy. It's just a, some a thick uh, item that was cooked. That would not be included in Tavshil. You're also allowed to eat a beta turmuta was a shrunken egg. They used to cook and, uh, the eggs over and over until they shrunk down that they could swallow them at one time. It was not used with bread. So therefore, this cooked egg, this beta turmuta was not included in the word tavshil. And also, this is a type of pumpkin that is, uh, they, there's a certain way that they, with ashes, we'll see exactly how they prepared it, but also it was not eaten with a gravy, it was not eaten with bread, and therefore it was not included in the term tafshil. Third rule, Hanodrami Maisa Kedera. Person used the expression Maisa Kedera, Maisa Kedera, which means, literally means something that had a, was, was, was done in a, was done in a pot, but it was a certain terminology, maisa kadeira, that was used, usually it's like a porridge. Right? It's like a porridge. Ein osr elvi maisa roschosa. Maisa kadeira specifically was referencing things that was brought to a high boil, a very high heat. So things that were very brought to a very high heat are included in maisa kadeira. But if it was a low heat, that's not included in the terminology of Maisa Kedera. Amar Koinem Hayyered Lekedera. What if a person was broader? He never knew the expression Maisa Kedera. He said anything that entered a pot. He answered anything that entered into a pot. Shaini told that I will not taste. Then anything that is cooked in a pot, whether it's on high heat, whether it is uh, in low heat, Rashi adds in whether it's liquidy, whether it's not liquidy, all of as long as it went through a pot, it is included. That is included by uh, the the expression of Yorid Lakadera as opposed to Maisa Kadera. So Maisa Kadera still's mash would have to be liquidy, but it also has to be through high heat. It's not through high heat, it's not called Maisa Kadera. Yorid Lakadera, that includes even things that are not cooked through high heat. Okay. Let's go on. Now, what the Mora brings down that this din of our Mishnah, that the word Mavushal does not include roasted, is actually subject to a Machlokas Tanoyim. Means the time of our Mishnah, where he lived, the word Mavushal did not include roasted. However, uh, Rabbi Yashi, a time we learned about the Yashi Oser, he said that when you say, Hanoider mina Mavushal, this made a nether that I'm not going to eat Mavushal, included in that is, He's not allowed to eat his barbecue. He's not allowed to eat his roasted meat, even though it wasn't cooked in water. It's still, according to Rabbi Yoshia, is called something that is cooked. Even though there's not a hundred percent proof, but there is an allusion to this. There's a zecha. There is a 
uh, it's alluded to from the Torah. Because we know how does Korban Pesach have to be made? Sliyesh. It's roasted. It wasn't cooked in water. Yet we see that the Torah says, Shenemar the Pesach says, Vayvash Pesach Ba'esh Kamishpat. That they cooked the Korban Pesach in fire according to the law of how you had to prepare it. It's a Pesach in Devrayamin. But it uses the word Vayvashlu. So you see that the word mevushal could even be associated with roasting. Doesn't have to be necessarily cooked in hot water. And therefore, Rabbi Yoshio says that included in the word mevushal is also roasting. Now, the Gemara wants to know what exactly is the machlokas. So the Gemara initially suggests an argument, but then right away shoots it down. What the Gemara is going to suggest is Let's say that this is what they argue about. Maybe they argue in a very important principle over here, whereas Rabbi Yashia holds that you use the Torah definition when you bind a neder, whereas as town of Alamishna says you don't go by the Torah definition, you go by the vernacular. You go by what the people have associated the word with, not necessarily with the Torah, and then that would explain it. Even though the Torah does use the word mevushal associated with the word slee, and that's why Rabbi Yasha says it's binding when you say mevushal even in roasted, the Tan of Armageddon says we don't go by the Torah definition. What do we go by? The vernacular way people use them. People don't include roasted in it. That would be a huge fundamental machlokas in understanding the Dorin. On that, the Morris says right away, loy. The Kula Alma, everyone holds. This is, an, uh, this is a guiding principle for the laws of the Dorin. But the Dorin, Adam. Go after the Adam of everybody holds. So what's the machlokas? They lived in different places. The Tanavar Mishnah lived in a place where when you use the word mevushal, it did not incorporate sleep. And the Tana of, uh, the, of the Bryson, of Yashia, lived in a place when you use the word Mavushal, it did include sleep. Moses, Marki, Asri, Marki, Asri. Each one based on their own locale. But Asri, the Tana, the Lord, and the, uh, the, the place of our Tana, literally correlates sleep. They would refer to specifically as sleep. And Mavushal, correlate Mavushal, two different things. They would call Sli, incorporate Sli in the word Mavushal as well. Frank the Gemara, that Lechora, but Rabbi Yashia brought a Pasuk. You're telling me that Rabbi Yashia really holds the clothes on the vernacular. But then why is it that he brought a Pasuk? The Pasuk he was bringing a Raya that what? That Sli is incorporated in the word Mavushal. He was bringing a posit lechora. Where's the asmachta ba'ama? That was just an asmachta, meaning and actually, if you look at the lashon, it says it's not a raya dover. He said it's not a raya grura, right? He said it's only an illusion, meaning basically, is where the first tier explains it, is that the that you see that a locale that uses it, they're not. It's not crazy. It's not crazy to use that lashon to Bible because we see that even the Torah refers to it. It's not the Raya is not from the Torah. The Raya in his, his locale. It's not just a. Uh, a, a it's, it's not just like you know, people that that don't know how to speak correctly. You see that there is a valid way of speaking to include Sli in it because the Torah actually does it. But it's not the Raya from the Torah, and it's not a Raya in the basic fundamental principle of Nadorim. They both hold Adam. That's the Let's go back to it. Sigmar says like this. The person said, I make a, ta- a nether that I'm not going to eat a tafshil. 
What did the Gemara say? The machloek is there. I'm sorry. The distinction is: Do we eat it with bread? I'm sorry. Is it, is it liquidy or is it not liquidy? Who cares? Right? It's a tamshil. Either way, it's a tamshil. So why should it make a distinction whether or not it's liquidy or it's not liquidy? He made the nether from tamshil. So even if it's not liquidy, so it doesn't have gravy. The Tana of our Mishnah holds that the word Tamshul specifically went to things like a stew. It's only a stew if you can dip your challah into it, you can dip your bread into it, then it's called a stew. So therefore it's only called a Tamshul if it can be eaten with bread. But if it's something that is dry or solid, that is not normally eaten with bread, that does not fall under the category of a Tamshul. Atanya has been a chusa, and we're bringing a riot for this concept, right? So it says like this, The riser says that if somebody made a net, they're not to eat a tavshil. All types of cooked foods are in, included in it. For us, even tzli and shalak, as I pointed out, tzli and shalak could also be referred to as, whether when it's roasted or even partially cooked, could be called a tavshil. Or if it's cooked in, boiled in hot water. But us, the hitrios, uh, and he's also in, uh, in, in, in soft, small pumpkins. Because these soft, small pumpkins, sick people, the cholin, would eat that together with bread. But you see clearly that what's the defining point as to whether something's called a tashil? Even sick people use bread. So you see, using bread is the definitive term, or uh, definitive, uh, the litmus test of whether it's called a tavshil. So that we bring that as a raya. Okay. So now the Gemara goes on a complete tangent. It's the, the kind of Amish that said with that, that these soft pumpkins, small pumpkins, are included in tavshil. What was this raya? Because sick people, cholim, use bread to eat it. Well, the Gemara's going to ask, the Chorah we're going to see from the upcoming story, that pumpkins is the worst thing for sick people to eat. And we're just asking on the factual basis of this brisa, how do you tell me that sick people eat pumpkins? Lachera, we're going to see from the story here that pumpkins are actually inimical to the well-being of sick people. That's the most kasha. So it's a side point. It's not that we're not going to the thrust of what we're talking about. We already proved what we're talking about. Topshell has to be liquid to eat with bread. The child is asking the guy that pumpkins by sick people. Amy, is this so? got sick. So they got this very high doctor, did a house call, and he came to the house of Rabbi Yermia to check him out. So therefore, uh, so therefore, they got, uh, who asked you a So this, this, this doctor came to heal him. He saw that there was pumpkins in the house. I guess they had been feeding him pumpkins. So Shav gave enough. He left Ravirmia and he went out of the house. And Amar Malach Musa Amavso is This person has the Malach Amavis in his house, and I'm supposed to come in and heal him. So what do you see from the story? Pumpkins are that good. pumpkins are not good for sick people. So therefore, how do you tell me that a pumpkin, that the sick people eat pumpkins? So more I'm going to give you three different terutsim. Terut number one. That the small ones, the small soft ones, those are good for Sick people. What he saw in the house, they were using the hard ones, the hard big pumpkins. 
Those are not good for sick people. So that's one way of uh, rectifying the, uh, uh, the, the, the contradiction. Alright? Rabbi Barula Amar, Habe Karagupe, Habe Gave. One is talking about the outer layers of the pumpkin. One is talking about the center of the pumpkin, the middle of the pumpkin. I guess it's a similar type of answer, but the middle of the pumpkin is softer, it's uh, more edible, and that's better for the sick person. What he saw that were feeding him were the outer chunks of the pumpkin, which is not good for a sick person. Alright? So they have a habakara gufe, habakave de kara. One was the outer, uh, so one was the actual, the, uh, the, 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 the body of it, one is the, the center, the core of the pumpkin. The Amra of Yehuda, Luliva, we call a lulav, it's the center of the palm tree. But Luliva de kara, the center of the pumpkin, basilka, if you cook it together with leeks, or Luliva de kisna, uh, or you take the center of flax, the flax plants, and you eat it together with kuta. Kuta was some kind of cheese milk dip that they used to eat things with. That's considered to be, that is very, very healthy. And you feed that to people, that'll help them get better. Right? So you see the center of the pumpkin is fine. Do not tell this to an amaoritz. Don't tell an amaoritz that the core of a flax plant is good for him because they're going to uproot all the flax plants and cut out the core and then we won't have that year's crop of flax which is needed for many other things. So do not tell an Amaoritz this secret that the core of the flax plant is got medicinal purposes as a healthy thing to eat. That's the second answer. So we had the first answer was one is talking about soft pumpkins, one is talking about hard pumpkins, one is talking about the third second answer was one is talking about the core, one is talking about the outer layers, and the third answer is Rava Amar. Rava says like this: is that when it said that the cholin would eat it dipped in with bread, it's not talking about people that are actually sick. It's referencing the Talmid Chachamim. Talmid Chachamim are considered to be cholin; they're considered to be feeble. They're feeble. They put all their energy into their learning. They don't eat the way they should. They don't sleep the way they should. So they're considered to be weaker. They're considered cholin. So for cholin of that nature, pumpkin is okay. Somebody who's actually sick, like Ravirmiya, when he went into the house of Ravirmiya, that is inimical to, inimical to his well-being. So therefore, that's another way to reconcile that you don't have a contradiction. If someone is just feeble because he learns too much or exerts himself too much, that's okay for him to eat. It's actually, it's, it's good for him to eat pumpkins. Whereas somebody who's actually sick, pumpkins is harmful. So why is it like this? So therefore, Rav Amarman Cholin, when it said that Cholin used to dip it with bread, that's going on the Rabbonon. Rav Tamen, Rav Lashitasa, the Amar Rav, Rav would say that Keman Matzlin al Kitsiriv al Meri, that, uh, uh, whose Shita is it? That we daven for those that are katsiri. Katsiri, the Ran says that people are actually sick. They call katsiri because their lives are cut or shortened. And Marie are people that are feeble. We'll see that's about the time of the that are feeble. But there's a different category. There's people that are actually sick and people that are weakened or feeble. Now what it's referring to over there is a sugya in Rosh Hashanah. There's a very interesting machlokus in Rosh Hashanah between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir hold that on Rosh Hashanah a person is given a, the year's prognosis on how he's going to be healthy or not healthy 
and it doesn't help anymore to daven. Because once that prognosis is given, that prognosis is given, so there's no purpose in davening for the individual concerning refuah. We daven a cloud, because a cloud, on a cloud basis, people can, you can change prognosis. But for the individual, we don't daven. Whereas Rabbi Yossi held every day a person's judged, and therefore every day you can change a prognosis, and therefore you can daven for a specific individual in Rafa'enu, because it can change from day to day. So what Rabbi was making the statement that concerning whose shita is it that we, if we look inside your article sitter, your that's at the bottom of Rafa'enu, that you can plug in an individual person's name. Whose shita is that? That's done with the shita of Yaisi, because each day a person's judged, and each day you can change the prognosis. That's what that's you're pointing out. But you see, he refers to two categories, Rabba. He refers to Katsiri, and he refers to Meri'i. Now, who are the Katsiri, and who are the Meri'i? Mida Amar, Katsiri, Meri'i. The fact that he uses the expression Katsiri, Meri'i, Shmamina, Katsiri, Katsiri, Mamash. Those are people that are actually sick. And who are the Meri'i, the ones that are feeble? That refers to the Rabbonon. But bottom line is, what the Gemara is doing, is it's showing Rav Lishitoso that Rav's terence is, is that pumpkin is not across the board detrimental to a person's health. When it said that Cholin dip it in... Uh, in, 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 in bread, and it's actually good for them, who is that referring to? The Meri'i. That's referring to the feeble ones, the Chachamim, the Rabbonon. When the guy ran out of the house of Avyemiah and said that it's Malachamavis, that's talking about to the Ketsiri, that's talking about the people that are actually sick, and they should not be eating pumpkins. Let's go back to Mutter Ba'avo. So the time of our Mishnah learned that when you use the word akonim in atamshil, you're only referring to things that are liquidy, things that have gravy, things that you use bread. But something that is thick, right, you would not include in tamshil. Why would you not include in tamshil? Because you don't want to eat with bread. Says the Gemara, clearly the ton of our Mishnah, which makes sense, because the Mishnahists were codified in Eretz Yisrael, that the God of our Mishnah is not following the eating habits of the Babylonians. Because we're going to see that the Babylonians used to eat everything with bread, even items that are not liquidy, even items that are of a thick nature, they would also eat in bread. Which again, which means that a neder made in Babylonia, Minatamshil, would also be including things that are not necessarily runny or liquidy or gravy, because everything is eaten with bread is included in Tamshil, so it also dry goods would be included in as well. That's the point that the Gemara is about to make. The Gemara says like this, Matnisin, our Mishnah, the Lekiv Abloi, do not, does not follow the eating habits of the Babylonians. So I'm Rav Zeyer, that the Babylonians are foolish. They eat bread with bread. They would eat thick porridge. They would eat thick porridge with bread. And that, he says, makes no sense because what you're basically eating, you're eating a carb with a carb. You're eating a bread with a bread. And therefore he said, bread with a bread makes no sense because again, the inerity of Zeyra actually was interesting because according to Tysus, he's Rav Zeyra, he lived in Babel, then he moved to Eretz Yisrael, became Rebbe Zeyra. Sometimes he Rav Zeyra, Rebbe Zeyra, that's how was the same person, just he got smichel and he moved to Eretz Yisrael. So when he moved to Eretz Yisrael, he criticized the eating habits of the Babylonians because he said that the Americans do it much better. You only eat liquid things with bread. You don't eat dry things. Because dry things with bread is like eating bread with bread. Amrab Chista. 
The Masha Lahain Lahalin the Girsa of Taisus and the Bach wants it down here is it Ika is there anybody that can go the Masha Lahain Lahalin Nagdoni to Hutzal? So Rab Chista who lived in Bavel he wanted to know if anybody could go ask the Nagdoni to Hutzal. Nagdoni are like the foodies. They, in, in Hutzal, they love food. They're very meticulous about how they ate. They understood food very well. They're very sophisticated palates. So he said that, could anybody go ask those people that are being amakbid, those who eat very carefully, fastidiously in Hutzal, Hadein Daiso, this Daiso. Now again, this reflects from Chista, who was in Eretz that they ate bread, porridge with bread. They ate bread with bread. But he wanted to know, it was like this, if you have a Daiso, if you have a porridge, What's the best way to eat it with bread? A, a, a wheat porridge, grits. A wheat grits. Is it good to eat with wheat bread? And the sa'ari, and if it is a barley porridge, is it good to eat with a barley uh, bread? Means it's the best complement for porridge, bread of its, the same type. Oh, or maybe you want contrast for flavor. Maybe you want to get contrast. That you want wheat with barley and barley with wheat. Now, again, the point it's making is that he came from Babel and they would eat uh, porridge with bread. That's the point it's making. Rubber would eat here bread with chassisi. Chassisi, the uh, Roshonim say over here, it means roasted flour, that the, the grain, the grain was roasted and then crushed. And so he would eat that with his bread. Alright. Rabba bar Ravuna, Ashkechel Ravuna, Dekaachel Daisa Bezvaaseh. So Gemara brings down that Rabba found Ravuna, he was eating the porridge with his fingers, a Hasidish guy. So he was eating with his fingers, he was not using a spoon. Alright. Amar lei, Amaika Achel Mar Biyadeh, why are you eating with your hands? So Amalei Hakam Rav that Rav taught us Daisa It tastes sweeter when you use your fingers. It tastes sweeter. So call the Chaim and for sure if you use two fingers, one finger is okay. Two fingers it's even sweeter. The call the with three fingers, then you can't even you can't beat eating a three fingered porridge. All right. Amalei Rav Lechia Berei. Rav told Chia his son. V'chein Amalei Rav Huna LeRava Berei. If you get invited to eat porridge, ad parsa, the, the, uh, you, you should walk. It's worth walking 72 minutes. A parsa is a 72 minute walk. Go for, to be invited for porridge, 72 minutes walk is, is, uh, uh, is worth it. Ox meat. If you get a good steak, you get invited for a good steak, then then three parsas is worth walking for a good piece of ox meat. Amalei Rav l'chia b'rei. Rav told Chia his son, v'chein Amalei Rav Huna Rav b'rei. So to Rav, Huna said Rav his son, kol midam loy tiflod kamei rabbe. That you should never spit in front of anything that comes into your mouth. Do not spit in front of your teachers. The lack of derech eretz. Except there's two exceptions. Lebar min kara v'daisa. That sometimes you'll smell Kara, pumpkin cooking, or sometimes you will smell porridge cooking, and that causes salivation, and you got you got uh, uh, the, the saliva in your mouth. You don't swallow that. That's very harmful to swallow, and therefore it's so harmful to swallow. You're even allowed to spit when you're allowed to expectorate in front of your own Rebbe. 
Shein domain lepsilta shel aver. It's similar to the uh, the psilta de aver. Psilta de aver was this the, the, the lead rod that they used to heat and they used to pour down a person's throat when they used to burn him with sreifa. So that's like it's like mama is like sreifa. It's like to swallow your saliva that comes from uh, smelling uh, uh, what's his name. Uh, it's brought down in halacha by the way. When you smell food, and you get saliva enough. You should you should spit. Because it's considered harmful. It's actually very interesting. Is because the the body produces certain enzymes for the food that you think you're going to eat, and if you swallow without eating it, it could have harmful effects on your digestive system. But anyway, this especially is harmful, and therefore you should spit. And even in front of the great Persian king Shabar Malka, you should spit because he might punish you for it, but you're for sure going to hurt yourself if you swallow. All right, now. Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Yehuda, Chad Achel Daisibitz Ba'ase, Chad Achel Ba'utza. This is a little bit of a, uh, whatever. Uh, they, they, they were eating out of the same bowl. And one was eating with his hands, with his fingers. One was uh, dipping into it. The other one had a piece of bark. Was using a piece of bark to eat from. What? As a spoon. As a spoon, right. So the one that was using the piece of bark to the one, the one was like a yekka. The one was like the yekka and the chosid, right? So therefore the one was using the bark said to the one with this, who was eating with his fingers, How long are you going to be feeding me the filth that's under your fingernails? I'm having to eat from your filth because again, they're eating out of the same uh, pot. So I'm the So the one who is eating with his fingers said to the one the the one who's eating with a from from the bark. So the Ram explains is when you eat from uh, uh, with with your fingers, you can lick off your fingers so there's no residue of saliva left on your finger when you dip a second time. When you eat with bark, as I say, little uh, if Americans it's hard for them to read this more. So anyway, you, you read with bark, you eat with bark, saliva residue. Is left. So he said, so, How long are you going to be feeding me your saliva? So, okay, which is worse, I'm not sure, but anyway, that's the story. They fed them, they brought before them, they, I guess they were guests somewhere, and they presented them with beluspine. Beluspine are certain types of figs that are hard to digest. They're hard to digest. So Rabbi Yehuda Achel, Rabbi Shimon Le'achel. Rabbi Yehuda ate it, Rabbi Shimon did not eat it. So I'm Rabbi Yehuda, my time, Rabbi Achel Mar. So Rabbi Yehuda said to Rabbi Shimon, why aren't you eating this? It's good stuff. Why aren't you eating it? So I'm Ale, Rabbi Shimon, Eilu Ein Yotzim, Ibnei Ma'ayn Polikir. He says, once these things go in, they don't come back out. You know, it's very hard to digest these figs. So I'm Ale, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, Kol Shekein, Shenis V'chalayin. So even better, we should rely on them, Lamachar, because then they stay within you for a couple of days, means they nourish you for quite, for 48 hours instead of uh, 24 hours, so it's even better to eat because then you know you, it, it saves you from having another meal the next day. All right. The Gemara says like this: Rabbi Yehuda had a Yosef Kamei Rabitarfon. Yehuda was sitting in front of his Rebbe Rabitarfon, and Amalei Rabitarfon ayom padechat suhudu. He says, "Your face today, your countenance looks particularly bright. You have a very shiny countenance today." He said, yesterday your servants went out to the field and they brought us tardin's beets. And it was so tasty, we were able to eat them even without salt. 
And if we eat when it's sold, our faces will be even more shiny. Now what it means over here is, that it's just taken a delicate way, but it means that we're able to go to the bathroom very well today, because beets uh, cause uh, uh, a person's digestion to move. And he said, and he, what? Iron fiber. Iron fiber, right. So therefore, if we add with salt, it would even be better whatever they it would have created. What's that? Tasty and uh, going in and going out. And right, it, it would have been even better for us to be able to go to the bathroom. But he said the person's countenance is, uh, he says, because I've been able to be regular. Alright, the morning brings down three stories here about the shiny countenance of Yehuda. If you take a look at the Marshall, and before we deal with why each one he gave a different answer to. So the answer given to Rabbi Tarfun was because we ate well the day before. Uh, a certain Roman noblewoman said to Yehuda, says it's a play on words. Normally when you speak to a Chashem person, you call him Moreh Verebi. My teacher, my master. My, right? But she said, Moreh, you paskin alocha, veravi, and you're a drunk. How are you? Because, why? Because he had this shiny countenance. Usually if people are inebriated, they drink a lot, then they have this like ruddy complexion. They have like a shine. So she said, how is it that you paskin halacha and yet clearly from their countenance it looks like what? That you like to drink. You know how to drink in paskin. So Amalei, Amalei, he said to her, that I swear by the honor of this woman, means by you, I swear by your honor that ita imna uh, that my only imbibing of alcohol, of wine, only happens Kiddush, Abdullah, and the four cups of wine for Pesach. And even then, when I drink the four cups of wine, they have to tie my temples, they have to put like a tourniquet, they have to put a, around my head, because I have, I get, I get migraines. From the wine that uh, from uh, I have to wear this thing around my head, wrapping my temples from Pesach until Shavuos, which means I'm not from the big drinkers. I cannot handle. I cannot drink. So therefore, my my countenance has nothing to do with drinking of alcohol. However, the wisdom of man causes his face to shine. Person will get a illuminated countenance through the wisdom that he has. So actually, you were saying, how can I pass in alocha if I drink? The fact is that my face reflects the ability to pass in alocha because it's the chokhmah within man that causes his face to shine. The second answer. Third answer. Amr tzeduk, either of Yehuda. There was a certain tzeduk, he said, you see, uh, uh, said to um, Yehuda, it was a, right, it was a, 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 a min, uh, he said, From your face, it looks like you're either a person that lives off interest, you, you land with interest, or you raise pigs. These are very lucrative jobs. And you look like a guy that, that is, is used to the good life. Right? From the way you look, you're the guy that clearly, you're, 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 you're financially, you're doing okay. So I'm a lad, you die, try serious. You know, for Jewish people, both of those professions are prohibited. However, there are 24 bathrooms from where I live 
until the base medrash. And in each hour, not exactly it means an hour, but uh, from time to time I go into each one and I relieve myself and therefore going to the bathroom a lot is very healthy for a person's physical disposition and that is why my account, my countenance is illuminated. It's because I ensure that I am regular. Okay. Gemara says like this. When Rabbi Yehuda would go, uh, I'm sorry, Glupa al Kasve. My grandfather used to always say this over to me. He said when, when, when Rabbi Yehuda would go to the base Medrash, he would carry on his shoulder a gulfa. Gulfa is a jug. Right? Is that what? Oh, is it? No, it's a shovel. What is it? Uh, yeah, carry a jug. It says it. Uh, oh, right. He carried a, 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 a jug on his shoulder. Why? So this way, that when he got to the base mattress, he didn't have to sit on the floor. He could turn over the jug and he could sit on it. And Amar, Gedolim Alochesh Machemeres Balea. You see that how great work is that it gives honor to those who embrace it. I mean, if you do the work, you'll be honored by it. So I'm willing to schlep the jug to the base medrash. At the end of the day, everyone has to sit on the floor, and I get to sit on the jug. From Shimon Shakil, Tsana al he took a basket, same idea, took a basket uh, 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 to the base medrash. And again, he said, Look how great work is that it embraces and honors those who embraced it. The Bisid of Yehuda, the Mora points out, we said before, that it looks like Rabbi Yehuda was very wealthy, but you're actually going to see the abject poverty that the great Rabbi Yehuda, the Tana, was subject to. So the Bisid of Yehuda, Nafkas, she went out, Nafkas, Amra, she went and purchased wool, Avdeglima Dehutvi, and she made for herself a very fine woolen coat. And this was a coat that both he and her shared. So she would wear it when she went shopping. What would he wear it for? Kadnavgaz l'shukah. When she went out to shop in the market, she would cover herself with it. When he would go daven, to go out for davening, he would put this on for davening. It was like his davening jacket. He used to wear it, right? Have a day. Umatli would put it on and daven. Kad bay. And when he put it on, have Hashem that has allowed me to uh, wrap myself in this me'il, in this garment, this outer garment. The Mepharshim speak out that this is just a form of the bracha that we make, Baruch Malbish Arumim. So he would lemaisa, would make it because he was he would be in his underwear without it, and then he would play able to put it on, so he was able to go out and daven. Zimna Khan, what time when his wife was out shopping, God Rab Shimon Gamliel Tanisa. Rab Shimon Gamliel decreed a fast, which means everyone would have to come to Shul to, uh, to Davin. So Yehuda also, he didn't come. Because why? Because the garment was not available. So, uh, so therefore, Rab Yehuda also, the Beit Tanisa, didn't come to the place where they were Davening, the Beit Knesset, where they were Davening. Now, they wanted him there because he is Tfilas, he was Malumad Benissim, his Tfilas would be very effective. They wanted him there for the fast. They wanted him there. So, Amrin Lay, Lo Islake, so Amrin Lay, so he told him, he told him, I can't come because Lo Islake is I have nothing to wear. Right? So, Shadalei Galima, so Rabbi Gamliel was a wealthy guy, 
he sent him a coat. Velokabla, he didn't want to take it. What we're going to see is that he held that I only want to benefit in this world from things that I myself earned with my own ten fingers. I don't want to have gifts coming, whether it's from Shemayim, from the Nasi, I don't want it. And so what he did was, is unbelievable. Dali Tzipta, he lifted up the mat that he was sitting on it. And he said to the agent who brought him the coat, look, a nace, he made a nace happen that it should be filled with jewels. With jewels and all kinds of valuables. The point he was making is, I, I can make a miracle happen and, and, and I can go use that and buy myself clothing. I refuse to wear anything that I myself did not earn with my own ten fingers, which is why I am refusing to take from, as a gift, something that somebody else put the effort into making. So therefore, Chazi, look, he told the agent, my ikam, what there is over here. I mean, take a look at all the wealth that I could create if I wanted to. However, I do not want to get any benefit from this world that I myself did not earn, and therefore I cannot take the money, or take the clothes from them. Have a good day, gentlemen.